Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mike's, the official podcast of St. Michael Catholic Church, Gastonia, North Carolina. I am your host today, Shane Page, the Director of Evangelization at this parish, and I am joined once again with the jovial father, Rossi. <laughs> and it, you should be jovial today. I should. Because yeah. today is your birthday, it so is. happy I, birthday. Thank you. thank you very much. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful day. I, I, I will happily... I state my age. I'm 41 today. 41. And the little kids. I love in the, the 40s. I have loved the 40s. <laughs> the kids in the school think you're you're ancient. Oh, I know. And then you know, then the people in the parish, many of them, you know, just still look at you like you know, well, you're just a baby, and that's probably true. So, but yes, I'm 41. So whether you think I'm still very young or getting much older. 41 I am and I shall be, you know. Well, the 20s, I was just lost trying to find my way through the world. In the 30s, I'm a young married uh, man and father and all the, the uh, difficulties and challenges that come with that. The joys, too. Mm-hmm. But then in my 40s, now that I've been in my 40s and I'm 48 now, um, I've, I've really loved the 40s. So I, That's great. Well, how was 40? Was 40 was a good year? Wasn't it 40 from 40 was. to 41? Uh, yes, I kind of missed 40 because 40 was a fun milestone you know you turning into you know you're four zero and um but it went very quickly yeah of course time doesn't move any faster or slower right. but we always talk that way but yes the my that year of 40 went very quickly and so now i'm 41 so that just seems boring you know 41's not a 42 43 okay here we go you know yeah no one cares about 41 I, when, yeah when they get to <laughs> 50 that'll be a fun a fun year to say wow look at that 50 half my life you know we oh, yes. live to be 100 we'll see you know we all think we're gonna live to be 100 right 110 right we're gonna be here for that's that. not what the bible says i know but <laughs> but we worldly people i still get worldly what worldly. is it it's psalm 90 isn't it uh about three Six, for, 70 years for and yeah, 80 for those years? who are strong yeah, yeah 80 for those who are strong right yeah so, psalm 90 so i'm um i'm about halfway a little less than halfway there then so another 40 39 years and yeah. I'll be just, you know, cash in my chips. <laughs> now in your family was, uh, were birthdays a, a big event in your family? I know it can differ because in my family, I, I, I passed a certain age. You know, I we mean, just waved at each other after yeah. I, think I turned 16. <laughs> wave at each other. But, but for my wife's family, the birthday is, it's a big it's a deal. Big deal. Yeah. Um, it was, we're probably moderate, I suppose. I mean, I think as a kid, <clears throat> it was a lot more fun. You have birthday parties, have your friends over, eat a lot of, you know, sugar and garbage and, you know, go to those, uh, you know, now it's Chuck E. Cheese, but it was showbiz pizza. Anybody over 40 knows what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun, you know, doing those, going to those pizza game places. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, birthdays, I think because mine was always, because of where it is, it's in the beginning of the school year. Just you know, it, well, mine's I in the mean, middle of the summer. Yeah, so I mean, there was never really, you know, you were always barely, you know, you got acknowledged in the beginning of the year, but everybody's just getting in the school year. So you're probably on the first birthdays they celebrate. You know, and the year goes on, people start you know getting more coordinated with treats and all that. So um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it was fine. I mean, I don't think there was ever really any big 
celebrations. I mean, last year my mother and I went to a, a Chimney Rock and stayed in a nice inn for my 40th, you know, uh, just to stay out in the mountains for a couple nights. So that was, you know, memorable. But, I mean, I don't think we ever really did much more than big birth, been, you know, okay. birthday parties were not, you know, meals, going out to a nice dinner was, and I'll go out with my mother tonight and some uh, some uh, good people from the church. Um, but uh, I can say my 16th birthday, that was fun. You know, that was very funny, actually, because um, I was, um, I got my license, but um, my friend who I worked with at this restaurant, it was a really nice restaurant, a steakhouse growing up. And um, anyway, so that was my first job. And so the guy who I worked with was a couple years older, and he was supposed to take me to the restaurant later that night for a surprise birthday meal. And I didn't know about this, but he was supposed to, you know, drive me around. And he lost track of time. And anyway, so people were at the restaurant waiting for me forever, I guess. And so the restaurant wasn't really open at that point in the day. So it was kind of like a hidden dinner in the back and the, the nice room and so that was a, I that was a surprise to go back and surprise oh you're 16 and okay you know so <laughs> that was a, a memorable um birthday event but we never really did it too much a big deal i mean it was just always you know maybe some gifts and, and going out yeah that was the probably the thing to do well i put uh your image on our facebook page <laughs> and uh, wished you happy birthday. But also uh, quoted from Henry Nouwen. Are you familiar with Henry Nouwen? I do know him, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. a priest, yeah. Catholic priest. And, I, and I've always been taken by his reflection on birthdays, and I wish I had it in front of me, so I'll just have to do my best and paraphrase. He says that, you know, we should always celebrate birthdays. And he says this is the one day where we say to someone that we're, we're not congratulating you for some achievement of yours, you know, like good job with this or good job with that, hmm. that a birthday is simply a way of saying that I'm glad that you're alive. Yes, I'm glad you exist. And, and, and that you are here and, yeah. and that you are loved. And I just mm -hmm. think that is a great way to encapsulate what a birthday should mean uh, for us, is that we are created and we exist, and that's good enough in so many ways. Yes, that does, I think... Uh lead in nicely to humility which i know you said you wanted yes to we're talk going to talk about, about today humility. but i think that uh yeah you know congratulations for something that you have nothing to do with yeah. you know and, and i think our ladies magnificat you know my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord um my spirit rejoices in god my savior the almighty has done great things for me holy is his name appropriate thanksgiving for a birthday and i think you know humility too of just allowing people to do kind things and you know it's 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 hard to get gifts and cards on my birthday uh, oh it's sure it's one of those things where you realize too it's just because it's like well thank you for doing something you know um but just the gratitude Whoa. of people uh from the church is always overwhelming and today just already many many well wishes and uh, prayers and um text messages and things already so people are so very kind but again the humility of just you have you know, to accept that. You accept the, the what, gratitude and, and the kindness of others. Why is it hard for us? Why is it hard for us yeah. to receive words of thanks or happy birthday from uh, uh, other people? Where does that come from? I think it comes from a, a misunderstanding of humility. Okay. And that's what I really want us to, yeah. to, to focus on. But before we do that, we just, we just live in a meritocracy in many ways. We, we, we think we are... We have justification for our existence to the extent that we have done something successful. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and we're always achieving, but humility is not about that, and a birthday is not about that. So I guess it is a good segue to talk about it's your birthday, and yet let's be humble. So it is. Let's talk about humility. It's got to be probably the most understood virtue, but it's the most critical. I think it was Bernard of Clairvaux who was asked, what are the three essential elements of the spiritual life? And he answered, Three things, humility, humility, and humility. So tell us, Father, let's have a conversation about this um, because this one is important. Humility is always understood to be the foundational virtue of the Christian life. It is foundational. Without humility, none of the other virtues or gifts can really grow or the fruits, we cannot bear fruit. So what is humility? You spoke about it on, on, uh, on Sunday in your homily, which was a part of the reading of the gospel reading. Um, what would you say? Um, well, uh, as you shared some days ago about the C.S. Lewis uh, understanding of humility, he wrote, uh, it's, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really plays into St. Paul. I don't know the epistle uh, where he says this, but it says, um, regard others as more important than yourself. That's Philippians chapter 3, I believe. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, again, is... Mostly, I think what he's Flippings getting at, too. Yeah. Um, that uh, just regard others as more important than yourselves, um, bear with one another patiently, um, and just seeing. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was listening to um, a presentation by uh, Dr. Brant Petrie, a scripture theologian, on the Gospel for last Sunday, and he was he brought up happily, and I love the Benedictines, uh, the rule of Saint Benedict. Uh, these and he said a lot of people think that the twelve step program was you know started for the AA you know which is true twelve but the twelve levels of humility comes from Saint mm-hmm. Benedict's rule to his monks which is written in the sixth century um, about and, and if you get the rule of Saint Benedict you can look up I think it's chapter um, seven. Uh, where he talks about the levels of humility, the ladder, Jacob's ladder, like mm-hmm. we climb to heaven, the ladder of humility, you know, where Lord, the Lord's telling us to take the least, the low, the lowest place, yeah. you know, but then because in humility, in the realm of humility, the Lord will, ele- we can be elevated by God, only the humble, like Mary says, my soul proclaims greatness to the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, the Almighty has done great things for me. And if we want to understand humility, we look at, the saints, but really Our Lady, if you turn to Luke chapter, um, is, I don't know if it's one or two, but the Magnificat. Yeah, the I chapter, think it's one. chapter one in the later part, yeah, yep. after the visitation. But anyway, to study Mary's Magnificat, her song of praise is all humble. I mean, she's everything the Lord has done for her. She never... Now, it's not... It's She doesn't say, well, I don't get any credit. I'm not... I'm nothing... Yeah, because I mean, most says, people think of handmaid, that way. I'm a lowly handmaid, but she, she doesn't go around saying, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a wretch, you know, I'm a nobody, um, I'm you know, God is great, I'm dirt, you know, um, in a way that that's self-deprecating to a fault, you know. And I think that pride works its way in and all those things, and then Benedict's twelve steps to humility, um, you know, uh, one of the things we all need to work on is complaining. And complaining throughout our day with things that go wrong, little mishaps, and I'm always trying with this, and sometimes I'm just literally taking to reciting Hail Marys immediately when I feel frustrated. Something doesn't, you know, the computer freezes, lose a wireless signal, whatever, you know, just 
things don't print, you know, whatever. You know, all these things that drive us up the wall that are not real problems. You know, uh, that the complaining is a pride moment because you're, you're really saying this shouldn't be happening to me. I don't deserve this hardship. I say, well, the saints would all say, well, if you've offended the Lord grievously in life, and we all have, mm-hmm. then what we deserve is hell. But God is loving, kind, and merciful. And so he keeps welcoming us back to himself you know so we you know what we deserve is is damnation if you want to get down to strict justice we're all sinners right. um but god in his rich kindness um in which flows from his humility christ himself lowered himself the philippians hymn chapter three let this mind be in you uh, but the the is it chapter three with uh the the christ jesus did not deem equality with God something that's to be chapter grasped. two verses five through yeah. eleven. Yeah, the, the Christological hymn. Yes, you know he didn't deem equality with God. But his descent was at the same time his ascent. So it goes back to your point that that Jesus understood humility as a lowering of self. But to the extent that you are lowering yourself, you are actually being raised up by right. God. Yeah, um, and so humility. That's the first thing I think you're making clear here. Humility does not mean walking around with a long face saying, I'm really just a terrible person, or I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, The great saints would say that's false humility. You're pretending to be humble, but that's not what true humility is. Um, I think you and I talked about this, is that humility comes from the the root word is hummus or humus, Mm -hmm. human being. I do love hummus. Um, yeah, we, yeah no, we're not talking about the, the dip, although I love it. Um, <laughs> it means dirt, soil. Right. You know, so the humble person is, number one, to the ground. They're, they're grounded, by which we can maybe uh, extemporize on this for a little, a little bit, is that the humble are very much aware of their own limitations mm-hmm. and that they are truly nothing apart from God. That, yes. that without God having created them, they would be nothing. I think it was, uh, was it St. Catherine of Siena who had this vision? She was before God and she said, who are you? And God said to her, I am the God who is, but you are the one who is not. Yes, yeah. You know, so the humble are very much aware that all that I have, my beingness, the goodness that I have in me, my intellect, my sight, all depends on God. So that's the first question. I mean, the first part is they know they're nothing, right? And then you get that right from Mary's Magnificat. Yes, because she calls herself, I am just a right. lowly servant. But look, um, at the, I mean, as you understand the inner workings of humility. The hungry he is filled with good things, and the rich he is sent away empty. You know, so you, in her Magnificat, you keep hearing how God works in the humble. It's not pretending nothing's happening it's just you you see everything that is good i i praise the lord for and it's because you have received it from the lord whereas the prideful tend to want to take credit for some of their own achievements successes and and who they are but the false humility i think would work in also to just to push away the credit in the wrong way right you know like some say that's a great helmet oh it's terrible you know, well, that's right. maybe it was, but you know, it just uh, that's someone, false humility. Someone plays the piano well, and you go, oh, "That was wonderful." Like, "Oh, I'm a terrible piano player." It's like clearly, you're not a terrible piano player. I mean, you are you are very good, you know. And so we we do this thing where we feel like I should never accept a compliment. Humility is accepting the compliment. It's more humble to take the compliment and smile and say thank you, 
um, and you know, praise the Lord at the end. You can say, you know, you're an amazing uh, gymnast. You're a great artist. You know, thank you, thanks be to God. Thank you, praise the Lord. You know praise I mean? the Lord. Where you're giving so, the credit all the you know, way back. It doesn't do any good, and you kind of like push it in someone's face. You know, when they compliment you, and you go, "Well, that's terrible." Right. You know, so then, you know, they they had that moment to be courageous and say, "Hey, that was great." You know. Well, that's that's the second part. But I want to elaborate a little bit more on the on the first part. So, so the humble, they're to the soil. They know that they came from the dust, and to dust they shall return. Mm-hmm. So there is an awareness in the humble person's mind of my own limitations. And you know, during the donuts and dogma series that we had during the summer, this seemed to have been re- a recurring theme because it was a recurring theme in the Gospels. But I talked to them about how if you really want to start learning and cultivating humility you should reflect on your own death, the memento mori, as they call it in the Catholic spiritual tradition. And of course, we recoil at remembering my own death. Well, you remember your own death not to feel terrible and to just reflect on that one day you will be in the ground, you'll go back to the dust. But of course, as Catholics, we believe we also have a spirit that will go into heaven. But remember, that's the truth of who you are. You are created by God. You are totally dependent on everything by God. And in the memento mori tradition, the more you reflect on your own death, that I am sustained in being, and I cannot will my own existence forever, and I'm sustained in being by something outside of myself, the more wise you actually become. And so that goes back to Psalm 90, which we've already mentioned. Teach me to number my days mm-hmm. so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Which is this Sunday, I believe. Is it really? I think so. Yeah, so the humble are aware of that, but they're not afraid of it. And I remember saying to them, those who don't actually want to think about their own demise, that is actually a seed of pride because the ego cannot stand the thought of its own limitations. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, and I mean, the saints all knew their limitations. Um they knew who God is, and I'm not Him. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, so that the the moving throughout our day, trying to get a handle on things and grasp at our schedule and stay on top of things, I mean, even that can be a sense of pride. I mean, it, it, responsibility is one thing, but it's this: um, I don't run my day. I mean, I think there's this: I'm a servant. God has given me a day. Mm. God has given me time. You know. It, the, the attitude, is it my day or is it his day? Is this my life, my time, or is it his life, his time that I'm a steward of? And that, obviously, we're stewards. Oh, that's a important, you something know. I have not thought about enough. And that's that's one of those, um, that's in C.S. Lewis Screwtape Letters, you know, let man think he is the the uh, arbitrator, arbiter of his own day, his own time, make him think that this is his. So every time somebody asks him for help or need service he's imposed upon you know this is, you know so I, i'm paraphrasing that screw tape letter there but just that um you know the the temptation of making let make man think he's in charge of his own day like he has been given 24 hours you know um that are all that are that he's entitled to, yes you know in this this reality and that i get to manage my time one and guarantee i'm in control that you yes. and i are going to wake up tomorrow morning or that we're going to make it to our final rest this evening you know um we have no guarantee about that when our last time will be. So keeping that in mind, I mean, even just thinking throughout the day, you know, we're rushing around and I've, I've done this. I just said, what if this is my last day of life? Just, I've said that to myself, just, okay, what if this was the last day I had to live? Mm-hmm. You know, I had mass this morning. Thanks be to God. Adoration in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. 
you know, um, am I being present to people? Um, just so I, because we don't know. I mean, it's just, there's no way you can say, well, I'll be alive tomorrow. I mean, the chances of that are, I suppose, strong because we've, I'm 41 years old, so I've been alive, you know, for, for you know, thousands of days, you know, so uh, the chances that I'll, but I think the reality of, but I just don't know, you know, I think, and I thought, you know, even your birthday, as I'm 41, it's good to know you're marching only one direction towards the final day of your life. Right. I mean, and it might be in 40 more years, but one, you know, I thought today, actually, I thought this is my birthday. And when I die, you know, there's another date in my, in, in the Lord's yes. mind in, in 365 days, one day I will die on a day of the month of a year. And I just, to, I thought of that today. I said, well, you know, this is a day that's remembered and celebrated, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but there'll be a day that I, it'll be my last day. But and I, but the point is, is that that's good to consider. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's no, what humility means. We're from the dirt. We are re- acknowledging that we're limited. We're created. We're, uh, we shall return to the earth, to the dust from which we came, according to Genesis. And do you think that is one of the reasons why the great saints were always able to embrace their suffering? Uh, what I mean by that is that you know, we tend to recoil at our own suffering. We don't want to suffer. But the humble realize that I'm a contingent human being. I'm totally created. I'm flesh. I'm dust. Who am I to think that I should be able to get out of this life alive right. without any form of suffering? This is what it means to be a contingent human being and that brought them more in step with their humility it right. didn't come to them as a shock but when they suffered you know what i mean but you're going to suffer anyway i mean so you can yes. be, you can be an atheist suffering will you will find it or i mean it will find you you know i mean if you experience human suffering so that you will is is um unchangeable you know um you're going to suffer as a human person it's part of our fallen lot in this world what happens when you do is what transforms us into saints or, you know, locks us into hard-heartedness and pride, you know. So the saints understood the value of suffering. There's no value in suffering without Christ's death on the cross. Right. You know, because he sure. gives, you know, you look to the Lord and you say, well, in my intense suffering, I'm, I find the Lord there. But that is, is that not just one of the fullest expressions of humility is to surrender oneself, empty oneself in the midst of suffering the greatest act of humility, isn't it, is to not make it about me. And mm. Chiara Luce Badano, blessed Chiara Luce, she's a lovely saint from Italy, died in the 90s, diagnosed with bone cancer at the age of 18, very beautiful young girl, lost all her hair. Her bone cancer was extremely painful, but you can look up pictures of her on the Internet, smiling, happy on the phone, talking to people in the hospital. Never about her. And she just offered herself and every, you know, Jesus, if you will it, I will it too. That was kind of her, um, she would look at the drip drop of her, you know, I think if they were giving her chemo or whatnot, the the IV, you know, she would look at every drop of the IV pole. She would say, for you, Jesus, for you, Jesus, each little drop, you know, that she was getting medicated. Um, And she died uh, very young. Uh, But, you know, lost her earthly you know health and but she emptied herself in the midst of that suffering and the people were going to her being ministered to the Chiara means light I mean Claire 
Light in the Darkness, uh, the Italian Chiara. Um, and she was that. And she's a saint. Which means, know. but her suffering did not come to her as a shock and a surprise because well, she, she was a humble yeah. soul. I, I well, guess she, that's what I mean. Like, you know, some people for whom suffering seems to be this. What is happening? Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. But she wait a minute. Not, You're a contingent yeah. human being. You live in a changing world. Suffering is, as you said, it's universal to all creatures. Right. I mean, she dealt with it. I mean, she had to embrace it. I mean, it was. she went to the doctor. She had elbow pain, and there was all this studies. And all of a sudden, when she was told in the hospital room about it, you have, you know, bone cancer, you know. And so she went home, and I think the story goes she kind of passed through her kitchen and living room, and her mother you know kind of tried to talk to her and she just kind of solemnly went right to her room and closed the door 20 minutes later she came out over joyful mm-hmm. but she made that moment in her room she just she was i mean she was a, a young girl so i think she was there was a shock to it but i think she just took it like she embraced it she because of humility, but I think that I, I don't want to get the sense that she was like, oh, you know, oh, I no, mean, I, I mean, she, say. yeah, she, she accepted it, but she allowed herself, you know, um, to, to be stretched and open her heart to receive what in her mind was really Jesus offering her this right. cross. And so she struggled, you know, uh, and grace was there and she, she made a decision, you know, and I think it's the decision that we make in the midst of any suffering, but certainly for her, she decided that this new reality was going to be embraced with full love for Christ. Yeah. She, so that transformed her. So, but anyone could be faced with that decision, a great trial, a great illness, a great loss, and, dis, and, and it's that decide, is this going to be, am I going to surrender my life to Christ and, and let my allow myself to love him more, or is this going to be the moment where you know he's a wicked, cruel right. God who would do this to yeah. me, and why would you allow this to happen to me? And this shouldn't be happening to me. Um, and then, and then you're then you can get very hard hearted at that point. Yeah. So there's not going to be a self emptying there. It's going to be more of a self preservation. This is all I have, which is pride. I mean, that right. ultimately yeah, come from pride. I guess yeah. my point is like, I don't think any of the saints are like, oh boy, I can't wait to suffer. Oh no, I no, think no. I think it was a matter of they were very much aware of their mortality. Yeah, we're flesh, we're dust. We'll return to the dust. We're going to suffer, and I guess the humble are those who who have by practice and virtue, when suffering comes, they can embrace it and unite themselves to the cross as a result. Whereas those who have ignored their limitations, i.e. the prideful, which is where all sin really comes from and inordinate self-love, whereas those who seldom think about their own mortality or their own limitations, when suffering comes, they do want to resist it because this is something that should not be happening, whereas the humble person would say, well, it's unfortunate that it's happening, but this is what it means to be a human being, a created, mortal, limited creature. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and suffering shouldn't be happening in quotes. I mean, correct. I yes. think there is that. That's why it's suffering because we, we, we recognize it shouldn't be this way. You know, you're right. No, it shouldn't be this way. There's a lot of things that shouldn't have happened or be happening in the realm of suffering, but we live in a fallen world. And I, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that even Jesus and his humanity wasn't overjoyed to suffer. I mean, the Garden of Gethsemane was right, not, that's right. Father, I'm so excited and, you know, keep a stiff upper lip, apostles, you know, come on, why are you so down in the in the dumps, you know? I mean, 
No, the Lord said, Lord, let this cup pass from sure. me. Right. So I think it's important for us. We have to remember this. We really do because Jesus in his humanity, you know, he wanted the Father's will, but he, I mean, we can't even imagine what he felt in his mm -hmm. human soul, spirit, body of, with the suffering of the passion in the garden, the cross, you know, but that it's okay for us to not want it in the sense that it's a painful, horrible reality. Yeah. But that it's a moment for me to allow God to, to work, transform me, you know, that, that I, that I can't make sense of this. I won't have answers for why it's happening. But if I, if I just empty myself, meaning surrender oneself to it and um, trusting that somehow God is, is, is present to me intensely right now and that I do not have the strength. And that's really maybe why suffering so hard is because we recognize right in our face our limitations yes i think you're right I, that i was thinking how All of a sudden suffering, my, faith, my faith is really weak yeah i think suffering sicknesses even illnesses show us that we really are out of control but that's always been the case right we we're really never in control i mean right now we're dependent on the earth's gravitational pull we're, we're hurling through the galaxy at whatever <laughs> you know speed we're, we're it's we are totally dependent creatures the humble understand that and so that's why there are those who say in the in the in the biblical tradition that humility is ultimately conformity to the truth of reality yeah. Uh, you, you are in line with the real, what is true, what is real. And you're, the humble person is the most utterly realistic. Now, this brings us to the second side of the, the coin, the, other, the flip side of the same coin of humility. On the one hand, yes, you're nothing. You came from uh, the dust. You are totally dependent on God. You're never really in control. Your contingency is the demonstration of that. But you are also made in the image of God. God has bestowed upon you great gifts Therefore, you should be very confident in the exercise of them. So that goes back to the great musician. Mm. A great musician who knows he or she has been given these gifts by God is able to exercise them with excellence. And when someone says, you're really excellent, the response is glory to God, but not to deny that I'm actually excellent at this craft. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way. It's Mary's Magnificat, yes. and you just keep going back, retranslate your life through the Magnificat. The Almighty has done great things for me. Yes. She says, I'm the lowly servant, but then she says, all generations will call me blessed. You know, in the same Magnificat, and what I have shared with others is, if you were to say, all generations will call me blessed, that would be a very arrogant statement. Why was it not arrogant for Mary? Because it was true. See, it was true. Yeah. She was a lowly servant. That's all she saw herself as. That's how the humble always see themselves as, as, as servants. But yet God has also fitted the humble for greatness, and they're not ashamed to say it. So there's a confidence. You know, I don't think when you look around at the great saints like John Bosco or Teresa Lisieux, others, they were not unconfident people. They were, you, you, you see? Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Any yeah. any other thoughts on that? Uh, no, I mean I I don't not, I mean I I think the saints all point us to hum, true humility. I mean it's like I don't know how to live humility. Pick any saint and start learning about it. Well, you know, in the great book, have you read uh, Humility of Heart? 
I think no. it's a classic by Tan Books. I've told people who are reading that book, and whoever, whoever the listeners are, you need to go sell everything you have <laughs> and go buy a copy of that book, Humility of Heart. Um, it, it will ground you to powder, but in, the, in a good way. I know he opens it up by saying that not everyone in heaven are virgins because some people are called to the married state. Not everyone in heaven would have undergone great mortifications and fastings in life because their uh, natural constitution would have prevented them from fasting. But there's not a single soul in heaven who does not have humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It is the foundational virtue. Um, so we can have all the saints come from various stations of life, but they're all truly humble. And I think humility also is just at a level of docility. Is that the right word? Yes. Where they're just open to letting God do with them whatever he will. Yeah, just any moment you let the Lord lead, you've been humble. Because I'm a servant. Yeah, let, you let the Lord lead. Everything has to be put before him, everything. Our lives, our decisions, what we have, what we don't have, everything has to be before the Lord. Yeah. You know, and that, and when we forget, look to our Blessed Mother, look to the saints, and, and they all show you, it's like, this is possible. The Lord will give you the grace of humility. Um, and it's not just all oh, just be humiliated all the time. That will happen in many ways, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but um, but the, the humble are tr- the truly humble are truly joyful. You got to really make that point. Yes, they're magnanimous. I know we've used that uh, word before: magnanimity versus pusillanimity. You know, and that's uh, very important. My soul magnifies the Lord, by which I mean the humble are confident. Um, and they are eager to do great things for God because they believe that God is going to be able to work through them to accomplish his ends. Whereas the pusillanimous, which we often mistake for humility, is the small-souled person who says, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. This is too big for me. And Thomas Aquinas would say pusillanimity comes from pride because you're focusing on your own strength and your own abilities. You're thinking about yourself. Whereas the confident saints were like, yes, I want to do great things for God because he will be the one accomplishing the work in me. Amen. Yeah. How, and then a little bit of time we have left. So we've talked about humility as really just in line with the truth of reality. Humble people hate propaganda. They hate lies. Um, how do we cultivate it? So the listeners here. We've mentioned one. We'll just get it out of the way. Well, think about your death and don't be afraid of that. What are some other ways that we can learn humility? Do you have any counsel from the, from the great saints uh, about this? Well, um, I think developing a relationship with the Blessed Mother, firstly. Uh, if you don't know the Magnificat, look it up, pray it. I pray it daily, you know, uh, with the Liturgy of the Hours. But just start, just get to know a saint. I mean... That would be, you know, how do you see it play out? The saints all give us practical, um, their lives are examples for that. Yeah. Looking for ways to, you know, uh, not always get the last word in, to be patient on the road, to do all the tasks around the house that won't get noticed or you won't be thanked for, but need to be done, you know. That's a good um, word. To admit when we're wrong, you know, and we've learned that all in our different ways here at the past weeks as staff as we face new challenges for this wonderful school year and, just you know we've all you know in one way or the other we've maybe dropped the ball here and there and we it's been good we've all said you know yeah i need to i need to pivot on this or change this plan or you know um 
I just think the, the, the willingness to be to be flexible and you know moldable right you know the Lord is forming us and so we have to we can't be rigid so much that we're I, I, I need no correction I have no fault you know I have I mean that's just, <laughs> yeah, that's right you know so that's hard to do I mean but that point is it takes grace because we won't we're not going to do this without grace so anyone who thinks well I can do this no you can't God will do it in you pray for the grace and you will be humble you know so living living for the Lord and just saying Lord just keep giving me the grace to be humble mm-hmm. you know um, and the opportunities are enormous each day to be humble. I know uh, St. Benedict had a practical one, I believe, um, from him. He says that you have to pay attention to how well can you submit to authority. You know, if you have a boss or even your spouse who asks you to do something, I mean, especially if a superior of yours, here's what I would like for you to do. If you find yourself resisting taking a small order, uh, that's a sign that there's some pride in there that needs to be shaken up and we have to actually we hate that word submit in our society but saint benedict and the other saints talked about the importance of submitting yourself receiving you know is probably a little more of a word the modern ear can understand receiving correction receiving direction yeah you know and with a submissive heart right an open heart you know submissive isn't just this isn't duty bound i'll just do it like no i mean you can't grumble about it in your heart either um, so uh, look at tw- St. Benedict's 12 Steps Humility um, that's a great book there's a nice book out there called Humility Rules it was written by Benedict and uh, Father Augustine uh, I think uh, Weta is his name um, Humility Rules is a little candidly comical book on the 12 Steps to Humility from St. Benedict so uh, that can be very helpful just uh, but just decided just the first day and the first moment of the day is it for you or for Jesus that's when you decide between humility and pride that's right that's right so. yeah there's so many things out there so uh, great discussion yeah uh, let's be in line with the truth amen so accept your compliments throughout the day right. it's good that and you're alive the Lord thank God. <laughs> it, it's good that you're alive um, yeah. so great so well, thank you very much Father for you're being welcome. with us and thank you all for listening if you'd like more information about our parish please visit our website at stmccg.org and bear in mind that faith formation registration is coming to a close so if you haven't registered yet for the great things that are happening in the parish uh, in the fall please know that and by the way we're going to be also mentioning uh, a save the date for september the 25th the feast day of saint michael it's going to be a critical day in the life of the parish and we want you to know about it so you can be here so on behalf of father rossi i am shane page until next time god bless god bless